You know what I'm saying? It was a better way to do it. So I, I just started looking at, you know, my life. I looked at my purpose. And my grandmother always said that she was great and you're gonna you're gonna do something great in the world. And it was like, this isn't great. You know, and, and I and I felt bad about that. So as I was moving around the prison, I started really like, you know, just looking at you know, some of the difficulties. I've always been a solution-based person. I went to college for engineering where I, before I made the bad decision to switch schools and got into trouble. And I was like, um, how can I still have value in my life despite my surroundings? You know what I'm saying? Like, what can I do? So I know I went to college and I knew that they wasn't giving us programs in prison that was benefiting the population so that we can grow and learn and when we get out, we can be productive members of society. You are listening to Mastering the Inner Game podcast with your host, Yarek Tadla. Welcome to Yarek Tadla podcast. Today I have a Corey Jacobs, my friend, who is a founder of Winergy lifestyle brand and also it's a senior advisor for PDD and does a lot of philanthropy work. That's right. That's right. I'm great to be here. I'm great to be here. Let's thank go. You, thank you. Let's go. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, listen, we're going to bring the energy today. You know, um, last time that, you know, we got together, it was epic. You know, your, your story and, and, and what you're about and your mission, it, al it aligns with mine and everything that I'm trying to do. So I'm happy to be out here, you know, on your podcast. So, you know, which I really do and share a little bit about my story and, um, and, and, and what I'm here to do and some of the things we can do together. Okay, walk me through. Let's start with the philanthropy, everything, yeah. because it that touched me. It touched my story. It touched right. me so much. So, right. walk me through. And yeah, well, you know, if you know, we probably want to share a little about the journey. But with the philanthropy, what I'm doing now, I have an organization that I co-founded called the Buried Alive Project. And Buried Alive, we go at life sentences for nonviolent drug offenders, people who've been given virtual death sentences for um, nonviolent drug crimes, cannabis, and different things like that, where they're out selling you know, making billions of dollars and people are languishing in prisons. That was one thing I was passionate about when I came home, you know, um, after getting clemency. Um, and then um, my love for chess kind of led me into um, being part of an organization called The Gift of Chess, where we um, distribute chess sets globally throughout the world. I mean, just recently we sent 20,000 chess sets to Ghana. You know, we've sent 25,000 to Kenya as well as Nigeria. And from these countries, we kind of like send a thousand here, a thousand there. We're sending chess sets into like all of the prisons. We're dealing with the elderly. We're dealing with the um, and with the youth, right? And um, I feel like chess, even for people that's in prison, it's a great cognitive rehabilitative tool, you know, to help people, you know, to um, change their thinking. You know, for a long time, for 10 years, I taught a class called Chess for Life. And it was just using chess as an analogy for life and I was able to reach a lot of people because I would talk about the power of sacrifice. I would talk about developing your pieces, overcoming obstacles, the importance of like exercising patience. And, um, and it was very impactful. So I felt like that was one of my callings, right? To take chess, a game that I love, and spread it around the world. How does it happen? I mean, it's just, it, it, it just it's, you were not born with that. It's something must happen. Like, can you walk me through the experience yeah. when the first time it's like, hey, you know, by the way, I'm going to play chess. I'm going to learn yeah, chess. Well, I'm going to like, like walk me mm -hmm. through your mindset. Walk me through the experience in your head because right. it's, it's, I mean, it's yeah. a life changing. So when I, when I was younger, right, I was diagnosed with HDHD, right? And, 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 and they were saying that your Corey's a bad kid, you know, and it was bad because I couldn't have, I didn't have my attention span. I would, all, I would do my work. I would get nineties and a hundred on my work, but I couldn't sit still. And I never really knew what that was. I was just always felt like, you know, like, like, like I was being labeled bad, but I just didn't feel like I was bad. And they sent me to a, a school for, you know, challenged kids, and they tried to put me on medicine. And um, when I got to that school, um, it was a lot of other bad kids there. They were sending all the bad kids there, and I got even worse. But one day while I was sitting in detention, I had a teacher, his name was Mr. Brown. He came by the classroom and he was like, you know, Corby, why are you so bad, you know? And um, and I was writing, I will mind my own business a thousand times. You know, I don't know if they do that anymore, though, but you know, and it was a tedious thing. And he was like, um, well, I, I, I teach I teach chess. I have a chess club. If, if Are you interested in learning chess? And if so, I will, you know, 
I'll let you out the tension. And I said, of course. I mean, everybody wants to get out the tension. I went to the classroom that was in like the back of the school and it was just a room full of kids after school that was learning chess and that was playing chess. He sat me next to a young girl. I don't, she might've been like 12 years old. And um, he said, she's gonna teach you, you know? And she beat up on me for like four months, you know what I'm oh saying, straight. <laughs> until one day I finally got the victory, you know what I'm saying? And, and during that process, all the teachers would come around and they would be like amazed that Corey Jacobs was sitting still. That was like impossible. It was like an experiment. You were like moving all over the place. Yeah. So I figured about about eight months or so after I had went to this school, they were sending me back to a regular school. And it was all behind the game of chess, you know, and it taught me patience and it taught me, you know, discipline and, and it helped me to focus, you know. And so I felt like, you know, now that I'm here, I'm in society, which we'll talk about a little bit about the journey, I feel like it's my purpose or it's, it's my obligation to go out here and share something, a tool that has been so impactful in my life. Okay. Walk me through the prison sentence and being pardoned yeah. by Obama because this yeah. is, I mean, this is a huge story. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, we're going to yeah. touch more about stuff that touched me and like, you know, like yeah. the whole, your whole journey. It's yeah, sure, just, sure, we sure, connect sure. so much. Yeah. So uh, how mm-hmm. did you, um, the journey through the, the 17 yeah. years and mm-hmm. sw- because you told me that the first five years you were, you were yeah, not yeah. happy. You, yeah, you, you yeah, couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, obviously if you get, you know, anyone that would just get a sentence like 16 life sentences right over your head and, and, and then end up spending 17 years in prison. Once you get those 16 life sentences and you're like, you, and you, and you feel like you, you know, the, the, the time doesn't justify the crime that you committed. It's really like you're in disbelief, like you're in shock. And it's a very scary thing. It's like falling off a building, like literally, whatever that feels like in the first two seconds that you know your feet left and you're looking down and you know there's no rope that's gonna get you. Like, <gasps> you know what I'm saying? Like, But that's I what just, happened in the court when you heard the sentence? Yeah, or like, the- no, it's like when I, it was the n- never ending that for some years. Like a scary feeling in your stomach that never went away. Just that would happen if you just got scared real quick. That's just a never-ending thing. That I lost my life, and I can never get it back by, all, by everybody's accounts. So how did you? Yeah. So in your so head, it took me some years. I had never I had never been to prison before, you know, and it was a new environment. I was in a maximum security prison because I had life around very dangerous people and a lot of violence, and it was like something that I had to navigate. So it took me like five years to you know get the realization that I'm. I have life in prison. You know, you're hoping that it's not life. Like, you know, the new car smell will wore off and it was like, hold on. How old were you? I was, I went in when I was 30 years old. I had three kids, I had a family, I had a house, you know, I had, I was established, you know, I had changed my life completely. And, you know, to get your family snatched away from you and thrown into a dungeon, you know, that was a, a, a crazy culture shock. And it was something that, you know, that I really had to come to grips with. And really, really like how I came to grips with it in the sentence, it was just like realizing that, you know, I'm greater than what they say I am. That, was, that, wasn't, that wasn't right, you know what I'm saying? What I did was wrong, but I don't feel like we live in a society that's supposed to just throw away people like they're not worth anything, you know what I'm saying? So with that type of energy, you know what I'm saying? I felt like I'm not gonna allow that to happen. You know, my grandmother raised me. I made some bad decisions. And I feel like, you know, people should be able to be redeemed from those bad decisions and not let that be a black cloud over their head for the rest of their life. And I felt like my kids, they was losing. I felt like, you know, my whole family, it was like, you know, it was a better way to do it. You know what I'm saying? It was a better way to do it. So I, I just started looking at, you know, my life. I looked at my purpose. And my grandmother always said that she was great and you're gonna you're gonna do something great in the world. And it was like, this isn't great, you know? And and I and I felt bad about that. So as I was moving around the prison, I started really like, you know, just looking at, you know, some of the difficulties. I've always been a solution-based person. I went to college for engineering where I, before I made the bad decision to switch schools and got into trouble. And I was like, um, how can I still have value in my life? despite my surroundings. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, what can I do? So I know I went to college, and I knew that they wasn't giving us programs in prison that was benefiting the population so that we can grow and learn, and when we get out, we can be productive members of society. But how did you come up with that? You knew you're not coming out. Like, why, why, where's I the mindset? Like, where does this came from? Did you read something? Did, did, no, did, well, did, I was reading hundreds of books. I probably read 2,000 books when I was in there. I would, I would go through every different eras of books and philosophy and cultures and trying to find the answer. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm trying to find the answer on why. And at, and at the end of the day, you know, I think when I realized that I had something to offer despite you know, my circumstances is when it kind of clicked to me. But when it fully clicked, I mean, if I just tell you. But when it clicked to you, the, the successes started. Like when it clicked yeah, yeah, yeah. to you. No, when I, but, this, is, this but, is when it started. It started. This is how it started. It started when I started playing chess and I was playing chess to pass the time. But I also started learning a great deal about myself while I was playing. Right? I was very dynamic. It would be 20, 30 people surrounding the chess ball while I was playing. And then I started teaching chess. We can just get right to it, right? I started teaching chess on the weekends for people who wanted to learn. I started teaching chess in relation to life. I brought it to the classroom or to the prison. I took that and then I came with an idea called Square Up, right? It was called the Square Up program. Square Up now from criminality to legality, your best and only option. And it was born out of people complaining that we wasn't getting the necessary education in the prisons. So I'm not the type of person that likes to complain. I like to get straight to the solution, right? Straight to the solution was to create our own. You know what I'm saying? So I had square up now, it's time to help ourselves. It's where change happens. And I developed 25 classes around self-development. And then I went and got individuals that was in the prison that was great at something. One of my brothers, buddies, he was a, a, a Navy SEAL, right? He, he used to work out every day. He knew nutrition. I said, yo, teach the workout program. Another incredible singer. I said, yo, you teach um, music appreciation. Another young man, he went to NYU, then started going to Wall Street and ended up committing a crime, doing something he shouldn't have did. He ended up in prison. I said, yo, you need to teach the Wall Street class. But how? Me. Where did you get, like, where did you find this? I'm like, I want, I want to go deep in, in, yeah, into yeah, your soul. Like, it? like, it's, it's no, just, because just, you, like, mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm. you had failure after failure and yeah, then yeah. suddenly you use this as a fuel. You yeah. use the pain completely to get out and use us a fuel. Yeah, yeah. And you laugh. Because what I had got a chance to see, right, while I was in there, the first five years or six years or so, that people was, you know, by the thousands losing hope in there, right? It was very hopeless around there. You and, start and losing people? Like, yeah, and just that, losing hope. Was I like, mean, I, did I you mean, lose somebody? Yes, I lose. Yes, I lost, I lost. While I was in prison, I lost my grandmother. You know, I lost my father. I lost Boom. my grandfather. So why was this was the and, pain that you were not able yeah, to no, go to funeral? This yeah, I couldn't get to the yeah I couldn't go to the funeral and, and, and my grandfather. You know I, I couldn't I couldn't see my children. You know what I'm saying? Like you know I couldn't face them because it just I just felt like that I let everybody down. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if for me it was like being a fighter, understanding I had greater things to do in the world. I just I just I was determined to like say so lego focused on my freedom because for one right I felt like. I felt like if I if I ended up dying in prison and I didn't give every single thing that I had for freedom, then I don't think I could live with myself. You know, because if people look at you right now, you're so successful and like everything yes. you touch, it turns to gold. Right. It's like they. I'm getting goosebumps. Like you yeah. tell this story, they're like bullshit. This is like you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like you said though. How right? much pain? You know what it's like. You know what it's like. It's like you said. It's like when you work out or your physique or things and things of that nature. It, it's, it comes from putting the work in. It's having a mentality to understand you're not going to get nothing unless you put in the work. So I knew that no one was coming to save me, that I would never, ever be free again unless I dig deep down inside to the recesses of my center of my being and find the strength to fight for something I felt was, was wrong. How did right? you do it going and back I did inside? It. Yeah, I went, well, I went inside because when you're sitting in a cell and you can't go nowhere, right, and you can't... um. You know, and you're locked in from nine o'clock till the next day, mostly. And then, you know, and you have 30 foot walls and you can't see society. You got no choice but to go within, right? When you're sitting in that cell and you can touch one side of the wall and that other one literally like this. And then there's another grown man in the cell with you going to the bathroom and you're, and you're, and you're sliving, you're laying on that hard bunk bed with a thin mattress that's killing your back. And you and you're, you're reading books under lights that's killing your eyesight to where point I need glasses, you know what I'm saying? You have to make a decision what you're gonna do. 
You got to say, are you going to lay down and die? Or are you going to come out? And I had to have that journey within, right? And and fight for my freedom, fight for my sanity, you know? And, and, and I came out the other side and I, and I beat those demons, right? And when I finally- How was, did you beat them? Like you knew, <laughs> you, you, you- you didn't yeah. know. I mean, you got 16 lives. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you, like how did you beat them? Like how did you? Yeah, yeah. How did you start listening to the positive? That because you're yeah. so positive, it's like yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah. This is this is what I look at. This is what I look at. I look at, you know, I felt like that I was gonna be free. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. I didn't accept forever, right? So with that being the case, you know, not accepting forever, I had to look at that it also wasn't gonna happen tomorrow. Right, I knew it wasn't gonna happen tomorrow. I got sixteen life sentence. They, it was if I didn't beat them at trial or get out of it, then it's gonna be a marathon, not a sprint. So I had to have that in my mind, and it was with coming across certain people who have been doing time that would tell me, like, "Yo, listen, don't think because you have action on your appeals that you're gonna just win that right off the top. You have to pace yourself. You know what I'm saying? You got to pace yourself. You got to understand that this this is gonna be a hard fight." So you just can't go out. You know how somebody goes in a boxing ring and they start the, you know, hail marys in the first two rounds, and then like the fifth round, they 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 ain't got nothing left, and then they be get honest, knocked out. Be honest. How many times did you try to give up? You know. Be honest. No. Um, there was moments. So you were at this time. It was like fuck yeah, that I shit. Yeah. I mean, one I'm time I, I went to the hole and I was locked down for three years, and um and I felt like I, I missed my opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Something happened in the prison. You know where I ended up, you know, getting locked down for three years in the hole, right in the middle of like the Obama presidency, when I had set a goal, you know, in 2008 to get my freedom back in, in 2016. I said, I said in 2008, in 2016, wow. I'm getting clemency from Obama. I, wow. I, I put that. In so the you, universe. you knew, you believe yeah, it, I, and you I believe, just, I believe that. First of all, my number was 16, right? Because I had 16 life sentences. You know what I'm saying? So I always felt like my goal from when I got in prison, I said, I have to beat this 16. Because 16, I, said, I didn't know nobody. I mean, you had people eating people not getting 16 life sentences, doing inhumane acts across borders, going to jail five times for the same thing, and they're not even giving them life in prison. I'm like, out of the billions of people in the world, how did I get life? Me. You know what I'm saying? I have on my heart... I want to do great things in the world. So from the understanding, as I started understanding like more like metaphysics, metaphysics and how the universe works and just and really connecting with like the source and God and, and bringing God into my life, I felt I felt like I felt more empowered. You know what I'm saying? I felt more empowered that, you know, if I just continue being me and impacting people where, where I'm around while I'm fighting for my freedom, that God would bless me because he knows my heart. And that and that was just and just that knowing and that knowing was just like the cold crack to me to keep going, the the cold crack to 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 and I really just I really feel like it's really really just no let me just get back to this one of the other things was this right what I had noticed you know when I came in that you know people made mistakes they made bad decisions they have a lot of regrets right. And these regrets or whatever they want or whatever they're trying to control that's not out of their control, it, 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 it aged people very fast. I mean, it, it tremendously, right? You'll see somebody come it in. It didn't age you. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate no, that. No, it did here. not age you. No, I appreciate <laughs> Just that. Just so you so, know. So I knew that. I started seeing individuals get gray hair within a year because they might have lost their girl and they just are pulling their hair out, hair turning gray over like stuff that they couldn't control. So for me, it was like, why should I wear a frown? Because if I wear a frown for the next 10 years or 15 years that it takes me to get out, what is my face gonna look like in 15 years? You know what I'm saying? What is my aura gonna be? Because when I get out, I don't wanna be somebody that has prison on their aura. So even though you have 16 life sentences, yes, yes. you never believed in that. You always no, knew no. you're gonna be out. Doesn't matter. It's like no, no, no. I mean, no, you didn't no, have no. one. You got 16. Yeah, I knew. I knew that I had something. I knew that if and when I get back to society, from I, what I've learned 
having making those bad decisions and my experiences, you know, hustling in the game, going to college, father being from Africa, immigrating, the love my grandmother gave me, what I learned from the prison experience. I, I felt like if I take that into society, I could I can have impact in the world from 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 my story. I you felt are. like that. I felt like that. So I said that the the I can if I get out and when I get out, I can change this around. It doesn't matter if I do 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. If I get out, I stay working out, I keep my mind right, I keep my spirit fresh, I remit, I keep my heart and forgiving heart. I can get out with some life left and I can't get out not only that and survive but I can get out and thrive can and you, I can make my kids proud. And then my grandmother will pass away, you know, most, you know, and make her proud. That was can, my goal. Can you walk me through your routines to keep you sane? Yeah. And get you <laughs> focused because you, you, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you were you clear. You were just, just clear and locked in on your goal. That's it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I called so it. Like, listen, like, I, like, I was coming up with terms. I feel phrases and stuff are very powerful, like energy, right? I came up with a term called the goal conscious mind. I'm just making up stuff in there. And the goal conscious mind, I made that one of the classes of squaring up. Because if you're conscious, if you if if you're moving around with a consciously a goal conscious mind, that means anything that goes against your goal, right, is an enemy to the goal, right? So if I'm, you know, going to the microwave and a guy wants to skip or a guy wants to, you know, he doesn't see and he thinks he's first, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? If I know that that situation is going to lead me into getting into an altercation, you know what I'm saying? Which you know, which can prevent me from my goal, which is freedom, it's all an enemy to freedom. Anything that was an enemy to freedom, you know what I'm saying? Whether it was not spending enough time in the library or whether it's not getting involved in, 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 in with people who wasn't going to um, lift me up or, or, or wasn't working towards the same goal, I try to stay away from it. And it took some years to get to that. When you are about to give up, like every time, Were you thinking about your father, your grandma? What would you tell them about Corey? Like, what would you tell yeah, them? Yeah, I was thinking about what legacy, you know, am I, am I, am I, am I um, leaving? You know what I'm saying? What legacy? I had so much promise. And I always feel like it's nothing worse than, you know, squandered potential. You know what I'm saying? Squander your potential, that's, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. You know what I'm saying? And then it was really a lot of it. I'm a, now, you know, that I'm thinking about it, obviously, I don't go this deep and talk like this. You know, a lot of people, I haven't even done a lot of podcasts and I get asked every day, right? Because when I do a podcast or I'm doing something like this, I have to go back down in that place that I kind of left behind. You know what I'm saying? But but I'll tell you my grandmother, and one of my scenes is called We Did It Grandma, right? When you see me, I got a logo with my hands in the air. That's like, we did it grandma. And it's like, before she passed away, you know, she she told me, she said, God always answers you know, her prayers, and she doesn't know why God didn't, but she doesn't have long enough, much longer to live. And she wanted to just tell me to keep fighting, you know what I'm saying, and never, you know what I'm saying? Now get out of there, you know what I'm saying? She was like, get out of there. And then two weeks later, you know, she passed away, you know what I'm saying? And, and I was just determined from that moment, you know, I had like three years to go, and I just went so hard for my freedom You know, I took a hundred classes. I took every residential program I could take. I was good to people. And I was blessed, you know, with an attorney, you know, who ended up taking my case. And, you know, 32 years old, resigning from her job, you know. And I got the blessing. And, and, and came to see me and said, look, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm resigning from my job. And I'm gonna get you out if it's the last thing I do. And she did that. And she went all over the country with free Corey Jacobs until ultimately 10 months after she said those words, I was free. How did you get the news? Walk me your mind. News. Yeah, I got the news because, you know, I got the news, you know, a lot of people was rooting for me. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people knew that I had made that goal to get clemency. And it was 35,000 petitions in front Before I even put my petition in, there was 35,000 petitions at the pardon attorney's office. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, and um, and, and Brittany believed in me, you know, she believed in me. She said, I don't care if there was 100,000 petitions in front of you, you shouldn't die in prison. I don't care if you was drinking, if you was an alcoholic, doing crack. You know, I wouldn't even be mad at you because I don't even know how you was handling that. 
She said, but I resign from my job. I'm gonna sacrifice that. And um and um and and you and, and I'm gonna be here for the long haul. You're gonna be free if it's the last thing I do. And damn if that shit didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I got the call. You know, I got the call. We had did to work in my case. Did you believe it? Hell yeah, I believe it. Tell me your emotions. Tell me your emotions. Yeah, like, what what hit your head when you heard it? When I, you know, when she said that she was, I knew that all that I needed was somebody that believed in me. And not only me, that believed in freedom. You know, she believed, you know, that it was wrong. And I never met an attorney that looked me in the eyes and was like, you know, for nothing. It wasn't about no money. She wouldn't even let me pay her. It was about freedom. It was about looking in my eyes and seeing a brother a family member that could be down in prison and and, 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 and and empathizing with that. And she knowing she had the skill to do it, right? And she wasn't even a criminal attorney. She was a corporate attorney. So what I'm saying is that my, my how I felt, I said, if I stay true to myself, I really felt like this. I said, if I stay true to myself throughout this entire journey, if I be faithful, if I believe in myself, you know what I'm saying, and um, that wholeheartedly, even in the hard times, even when I think it should have came when it didn't, I'm going to stick with that plan right there. And if I can't get free staying true to myself and being, you know, having sincere intentions about what I'm going to do when I get out here, then it is what it is. That's just the bottom line. You know what I'm saying? I locked into that and, you know, and I, um, and I, um, and, and, and I, and I, I, I'm more cemented in you know, my spirituality than I've ever been, and I've ever been, because you know why? I've seen it. I've seen, you know, the path that I took manifest into right now. You know what I'm saying? So now, all I want to do is, you know, even when it comes to the branding, you know, or comes to what I'm doing now, even with Winergy, Winergy is, you know, um, comes out of a dark place of, of self-discovery. You know, you're a very humble man. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't want you to be humble. Yeah. Just tell us the successes after you left, when yeah. you got out, you you yeah. out, you free man. Well, well, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, nah, you yeah. free man. Don't I'm be right. humble. Just, nah, just, 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 no, just, 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 because, you know, you. a lot of people listen to the podcast and they think the life is over because, you know, yeah. their wife left them or, yeah. you know, or, right. or they lost a job or, you know, the, the business, they, they, yeah. they never went through the true pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 you did, and 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 you know, for years, just just don't be humble. Just, no, 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 just, no, I can give it just, to you. No, I give it to you. Tell it straight, yeah. like you know, it's, it's like it is. I'm gonna give it to you. Yeah, um, you know, I got the clemency. I got the call. You know that I was getting my life back in the prison, which is you know, which is amazing. You know, um, I had told Brittany, um, I had told Brittany during when she finally took my case. You know, she took my case. And I said, um, you know, as we was going at it, I filed my petition that we going. I started to feel confident about what was going to happen. I started seeing freedom. You know what I'm saying? I started seeing freedom. So I it's said, funny you talk about Britney. Your energy changed. Your whole body changed. Like yeah, you yeah, are. yeah. No, no, no. Because look, I told I said, listen, check this out. I said, we're going to be riding down Sunset Boulevard in a Maybach, you know, playing Shirley Caesar next in line for a miracle. That was a song I used to listen to. You know, on a daily basis, Shirley sees the next in line on the miracle, mm-hmm. and you know, and 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 you know, today is your day, today is your day. You know, you know, you're next in line for me, recall. You know what I'm saying? So, man, I got when I got I got out, I got released to a halfway house where I had to take six months and six months of home confinement. So I said, so my first day, I had a party, right? Puff was throwing me a party. And um, I'm leaving the halfway house. He sent two Maybachs to come get me, right? So she's there. We're together. Um, a silver one and a black one pull up with drivers. And they was like, which car would you like? Puff asking, what car would you like? And she said, she looked, she said, she looked, I said black at the same time. She was like, always better on black. Mm-hmm. That's what she yeah, would say. Yeah. She's a, a, you know, <laughs> you know a, a, a female black attorney. You know what I'm saying? So we jumped into black Maybach. Just so happens that the halfway house I was on was on Western and Sunset. It was the Hollywood halfway house. And um, so we make the right turn on Western and Sunset. We're going down. We're headed to this party that they're setting up for me that Puff, you know, is, is putting together that I hear and that's, you know, that's going on. I'm excited. We're riding down Sunset. And as we're getting down Sunset, I um, pass Tattoo Mania, 
which was where I got my first tattoo right here at Tattoo Mania. So we passed Tattoo Mania, I see Tattoo Mania, and I'm like, oh, snap. You know, it's, um, we're on Sunset. And we're in the Maybach. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, we're in the Maybach. And I was like, I told my man to drive a Fahim. Shout out to Fahim, my man. You know, he's head of security now. Me and him work closely together. You know, I said, can you play next in line for a miracle? You know? And before that, you know, why I said Sunset in the Maybach, not because I just like, that was the last street I was on, like Sunset Boulevard. Yep. Name a street. It's California. Sunset, right? I know everybody got Maybachs, you know what I'm saying? And so I just said, we're going to be riding down Sunset in the Maybach. I was freestyling, right? You know, so now we're riding down. He puts on the song. Ding, 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 ding. It starts coming on, you know, the music. And, you know, as we start to driving, you know, down, the music's playing and she's starting to talk, you know, and starting to sing and, you know, and go into the song. And it's a long song and she's preaching and she's, she's you know, giving the word. And, and as we get down to Sunset, we make a left. On Mapleton, you know, we get left, you know, on, on on the street, and um, and we pulled up to the house. Like it was like it was like it couldn't have happened better. The gates opened, like it was the gates of heaven. I'm pulling up in that Maybach, like it's the gates of heaven. It's candles. He has little candles all up and down the street, going from here all the way up the cobblestone driveway, and it's at nighttime. And then here I see I see my son there, DJ Khaled's there. My man's there waiting like this with his hands open, like, what's up, baby? You back. I gave him a hug. I came out. I got seen Khaled. I always would see Khaled on TV. And you know, and I always liked Khaled because he was an inspiration to me too, right? He was very positive, you know, individual. He always was saying, we the best, you know what I'm saying? And and um and he brought people together and and he was confident in himself, you know, you know. And um, so I would work out to some of the music, we the best music, you know. You know, and um, it get me going. And to see him there, you know, not ever knowing that that was going to happen. And as soon as I seen him, I was like, um, you know, I, I, was, I got it on video too. I was like, they don't want us to win. You know, they don't want us to win. You feel me? You know? And um, that's all I, and then I, I, I gave him five. I said a bunch of other stuff, you know. And um, I gave him five and a hug and I turned around. I gave everybody a pound, you know, and, and just the energy of freedom, I felt it. I felt I felt empowered. I felt I felt unstoppable. You know what I'm saying? I felt unstoppable. I felt like I made it through there. I can make it through anything. You know what I'm saying? And that's when everything commenced. I got into the house. I put on my first outfit. I had my first dinner, my favorite foods. I got a chance to chill with my son. You know, my lawyer was there. Everybody was there. You know, when they showed me, had you know, welcome home, Corey and big balloons on the lawn and and, you know, it was just like, you know, I had massage, people massaging me, charging my head, giving me my first massage and my first bath and my first night's sleep in a real bed. And it was just like, you know, you know, I felt like this. If if I knocked on that door, you know, you know I would say persistence beats resistance. You know, you know, if I just, if I just keep knocking on the door of freedom, I just keep knocking, one day it's going to open. But if I don't knock at all, I can't expect to knock it down, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, and, and, and I would always say this too, like, you know, people was like, damn, man, you know, you don't got no light at the end of the tunnel, man. You know what I'm saying? And I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't have no light. I said, not only do I have no light, I don't even have a tunnel to look down for hope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so my goal was like, what do I do when you don't have a tunnel? You, 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 you build one. You know what I'm saying? You have to build a tunnel. I know I had to I had to show through my fight for freedom who Corey Jacobs is now. Who right? Corey Jacobs is? Right. Corey Jacobs now is a is a person who who loves life, who loves people, who loves to see people win, who um wants to make a difference, you know, who wants to turn his bad decisions, you know, that he made into great accomplishments. You know, and someone who wants to make his kids proud. Someone who wants to make his grandmother proud for sacrificing her life and raising me and giving me every all the tools that I needed that I, I and I didn't listen always to her. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like this is like, you know, a victory, right? A victory. A lot of times situations like this, you know, the impact I've had on the culture, the history, some of the stuff I've done, what I've been able to do in prison. You know, when you tell this story, you're not you probably you, I'm gonna be in prison, I'm gonna be dead. 
You're not going to tell this story with your hands in there. It just rarely happens like that. And so I know the opportunity, right, that, that this story has. And I feel like it's my responsibility to share with people, you know, that journey and how I was able to make that mental shift, right? You know, and bring that same mentality, you know, you know, of me, you know, obviously I, I went into meditation. I started doing all of that as well. You know, I didn't mention that, but, you know, somewhere around 10 years, you know, maybe 2009, maybe like 10 years into my sentence or maybe eight years into my sentence, I started meditating, you know, because it was so much violence around. You me. can give it like my podcast is emotional fitness, emotional intelligence, yeah. intelligence. So any tools, any tools. Yeah, I needed it. Too. I mean, you tell, tell, tell the audience, tell yeah, any yeah, tools tool, that you yeah, were yeah. using I got because you were completely broke down. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. with this attitude being positive and believe yeah, yeah. the belief, the belief is everything. Yeah, yeah, but, but, it's, but but you need tools. Like but You need tools, right? Tools is like getting in the regimen. I really didn't want to get institutionalized. So I always, always do different stuff. I would go outside and do stuff like this isn't what y'all can do, but I'm just saying, I would go outside and just play ball with my left hand or shoot a thousand jump shots with my left hand. Or I would read different books. I would try to read books that would uplift me, but I also would read books of people overcoming great obstacles like The Man's Search for Meaning, you know, um, The Long Walk, you know, and, you know, things like that where people had it even harder than me. So, you know, I would say to myself, like, it would help me, inspire me and be like, you know what? I'm having hard, but I do have a chance to get out. Right, and I do have my arms and my legs, and I my stomach isn't. I'm not starving, right? So I have an opportunity, and I didn't do anything that I can never take back, right? So from that part, from living life from abundance, after studying these various disciplines that talk about abundance, that talk about you know material things that separate you from yourself, right? When I started to realize that these are things that I was doing, I was separating myself from myself with things, right? With things that I thought made me who I am, with things that I did thinking that wow. made me who I was. That's when deep. it was like, I got stripped down to the everything that meant anything to me that I valued, and now I had to like really, is about your character. It's about you as a human being. You know, I'm wearing the same clothes for 17 years, either brown or gray. There is no multicolored jackets, no peacock in and none of that, right? So now you're focusing more on self. Where out here, you have the set. Now you have the Instagram, you have this, you have a bunch of, you know, a bunch of distractions that's distracting you from yourself. You have these material things that's the, that's separating you from yourself, right? The, making people think that that is something when it's nothing. You know what I'm saying? That is really nothing. It's nothing if you're not seeing yourself clear. I feel mean, you. I told you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you you changed my life. I realized yeah, 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 when, yeah. when, when I and I tell the story everybody that uh, when I met you, when you when you told me a story, and I just realized like you were free in the in a small cell. You were free, mm -hmm. and I realized I was outside. I was free, yet I was in jail, emotional jail. Yeah, 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 I yeah. was closed up in my mind. I was like literally living in jail. And that's the materialistic things, things they want outside. And right. everything we have is within us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you find out the, the, the cure, you find out the medicine and find out the tools. Yeah, yeah. And this is like, and, you know, I used to do and, 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 and really, mm -hmm. it just feels like, you look, it, it just, yeah. it, it's feel like it's the, yeah, the yeah. feelings, you, yes. you have the energy above you. Yes, yes. And another thing I used to do, I would, I would, you know, obviously we would read and I would read books that, that I can like learn from, right? So I feel like I wasn't getting sucked all of my, you know, who I was from my sentence, I was determined to get more out of my sentence than the sentence got out of me. You, you know wow. what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, like when I get out, I want to be like, I killed it. I killed it. I murdered it. You know what I'm saying? I got out and I took everything you can get, as much as you can get out of there, and much value that you can squeeze out of, of such an environment and put it in my, and to add it to myself, right? in a way that can better me and others, right? So that was, you know, one of the goals. So like I said, I got into meditation out of just sheer necessity to want to clear my mind because I had read a book 
and I can't remember one of the books that first started. I started reading, but it was just a book on meditation. And I used to read books on poems, on just deep philosophical concepts to try to like take my mind out of like what I was seeing every day, right? And and so every Sunday on NPR News, they would have this show called Hearts of Space. And we didn't have, we had radio, so you didn't have control over like what you can listen to. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Until they end up getting something like similar to iTunes years later. And you would like be so happy to catch these little programs. So at 12 midnight, every Sunday, they would play about two hours of just music from all over the world, meditation music, music from different cultures. It could be in a different language. I still would listen to it. So after I read the meditation book, I started saying, you know what? Every week, what I'm going to do is on Sunday for two hours, I'm going to meditate if I don't do nothing else. And I'm going to release. I'm going to relax my mind and release all of the pressures from the week. I'm going to release all of my worries, all of my fears, and um, and release it out of my body and let it go and start new. And I would do that until I fall asleep and I may wake up three in the morning or something and you know, or I might wake up the next day, like, you know, with my headphones on. And then I get up, 5.30 on that Monday, I work out. You know, I have my routine. Then I go to the library. You know what I'm saying? I would try to eat the best way I can, considering the circumstances. And I would just try to keep myself physically fit and mentally fit, you know, for the day when they open those doors, right? You know, because I remember so many people didn't have their minds right, you know, walking out those doors. They, you know, they, 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 and then, and now we're freeing people now. We're at 60 lifers out of prison. And a lot of times, man, you know, a lot of people become a shadow of their old self. I said, I can't get out being a shadow of my old self and be great. People are going to just be feeling sorry for me if that. I got to come out and be unstoppable. I got to come out and be unstoppable. I got to come out and show. Not just show it. When you see me or when you, you know, get in my presence, you're not going to feel like a hardened 20-year sentence that I did. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I didn't. Want oh, I do. Believe me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was very, very important to me. I felt like being put behind the eight ball by losing 17 years, you know, and where everybody can make money, they can be successful, they can grow their companies. And I couldn't accomplish what my dreams in there. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was concerning to me that how do I come out at that age and get back going with things that I want to do? You know what I'm saying? It was very concerning. But I felt like the only way I can is if I'm able to add value. And how would I be able to add value when everybody has money and everybody's positioned in the right way? You know what I'm saying? In a way that I feel like I've earned, you know? And and it, and it was building myself up, being prepared for the opportunity, every opportunity that I can, you know, you know take advantage of I'm not going to get that opportunity unless I'm ready, right? So if I want to do something or I want something, I have to have a game plan. I have to have a vision. I have to be able to communicate my vision. I have to be, you know, sincere, you know, so that people can see that in me. And maybe I will get a blessing. You see what I'm saying? Other, That's how you have to get over the hump, over the stigma, over the misconceptions of what being gone that long comes with, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, so I thought about that and 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 so while I was in there, I was building up myself. I was reading things that was adding if I read a novel, it was gonna be a novel that I can learn from and garner something from. It's rarely that I read a novel, just like something, a bunch of random stuff. You know what I mean? It would be a novel that that was teaching me something that I can add on to my skill set. You know, and, and and bring out here and use, you know, use in 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 this second half of my life. You see what I'm saying? So I feel like anybody, you know, you know, you know, anybody, you know, um, who's trying to be successful. One, my number one thing I would say, like, energy, right? The soul of energy is authenticity. That's the that's that's the um at the very heart of it. It's it's, it's about being your authentic self. You know, being you know. You know, being your authentic self, you know, is is is, is very important because that's how you find your purpose. You know, you find out you're not wearing a mask. You're not you're not trying. You're getting up every day, telling people one thing, and and there's something else going on. 
You're getting up every single day being you. Because you can just be you and it don't got to be perfect. No, but people will respect it because for me, I know me. I respect people who be themselves. I respect you, even if it's a leaning more towards something that might not be my my you know as integral. But I respect it. You know what I'm saying? If you do that and you standing on it, I can mess with you, even if you on the other side. You understand what I'm saying? But for somebody that's that's not, I don't really. That's not something that I respect. You know what I'm saying? But that's not something I'm even thinking about. It's just basically what I'm not trying to bring into my world. And for me, I spent 17 years trying to like create a force field of energy around me against negativity and attracting positivity to me. So energy is really that. It's like it's 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 um it's a it's it's a magnet, you know what I'm saying? It's a magnet, it's a unifier, right? It's it's um you know, it's 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 individuals when you come in the room and, and you and you and you're a light when you come in the room. You know it. Like like yo, they have some energy, it uplifts you, right? That's what that's what helps us be better. It's helping each other win, right? You know, I I'm in position, you know, I have different things that I'm doing, you know, and I and I and I try to like utilize my position to throw alley oops to other people who may not be in position or necessary resources, you know. And, and so that's what energy is. Like energy is, you know, um, partnerships. It's it's let's win together, right? It's let's win together. And I think that's what we're missing in society. I think that everybody, you know, has their own push, and they think because they have their push, you know, you know, we can't work together, and they got to be no. I wanted to do energy because it's very collaborative. Just think, you know, so now you're not taken away from you by us collaborating. We don't have to deal with that ego part of the whole situation. Winergy is just fuel that can come add value to whatever it is that I'm involved with. Because when I get into something, I'm always going to give 100% while I don't get into it. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it's all about. It's about adding value, understanding that you're a bigger part of the whole in this world. And that your actions, you know, what, you know, what I did learn in prison too, I learned that my actions actually there's consequences. And that's something I learned from chess. You know, when I used to teach chess, you move a piece, there's a consequence for you moving that piece, right? You moved it, right? Now there's a series of other things, decisions. Every time you move, there's is a decision made that's gonna lead you to either being winning or or not winning. You know what I'm saying? So when I kind of understood that, I, I I really was like, every move that I make has to be with intention. You know, it has to be with uh, the right intention because I'm being watched. People think they can do things and, and you know, and, and get away with it. You ain't getting away with nothing because you're being watched. The universe is watching you. God is watching you. Mm-hmm. You, you understand what I'm saying? And you're not intentional being, life is you're, everything. You're it's not like being slick. You do, yes. You're not being slick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I learned that a long time ago with my grandmother. I remember one time I stole something. Like, it was just some grapes or something. You know, like, she got me in the car. I'm riding with my two legs in there. I'm a little. And I and we rolled by this whatever section. She turned around, and I took some grapes, and I put them in my mouth, and I had the bulgy cheeks. And then she was like, she was like, Corey, don't ever be a thief because you're not slick. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And that's definitely one thing. I wasn't slick. If I'm doing something, I just wouldn't do certain things because... I'm going to get busted, you know what I'm saying? Because I'll make the face or I'll look funny. And she was right. Grandma, no, she knew. She said, don't never be a thief, you know? You're not slick. So, you know, that's what I'm out here to do. That's why I, like, kind of do some of the philanthropy stuff I'm doing. You know, I represent an artist. His name is Yellow Pain, you know, and he did a big song called My Vote Don't Count during the election, mm-hmm. which was, you know, which was a, um incredible run. I mean, I just seen it posted again the other day. It had 400 and 50,000 shares on this song. And it was about teaching people about the importance of voting, but not just the presidency, but throughout the election, yeah. all the different elections, right? Mm-hmm. School board attendants, sheriffs, and all these things. Mm-hmm. There's dozens and dozens of you know, um, you know, know, elected offices that we have to vote for that we're not even paying attention to that affect our lives. And you know, he's an incredible human being you know, um, just so smart. And I, I believe that, you know, I was put here for that reason as well. Like, I believe that if we want to see things change, we, we have to support artists that are making music and doing things differently to bring forth change. We act like we want to we change things 
but our actions are are, are are saying something different. You know, you know what I'm saying. So for me, you know, anything that I learned, whether it was chess, whether it was the ability to fight these laws, understanding the laws, that I can help, you know, play my part, or is empowering a young artist, right? You know, or sharing my story. Like right now, I haven't been sharing my story because I've been doing the work. You know what I'm saying? I can't be running around talking and working. Right, so I'm I'm not a kind of person. I'm with no fluff zone. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like I'm gonna go out. We're gonna do the work. We're gonna lay the groundwork for whatever's going on. We're gonna have measurable results. You know, like with the chess, it's twenty thousand chess that's going out there. That's I, hundreds of kids' lives changing. It's sixty people out of prison. It's this. It's people voting. Young people that would have never voted, and on and on. Right now, we're in the medical space with Liquid Vita, right? Winergy and. And you know, liquid vita coming together with preventative medicine, that's gonna be a whole nother um another push around the mindset of 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 your health and the things that I learned and you know and how I got to this point. And that I'm not perfect. I I I I was you know, I spent a lot of time never going to the doctor in prison because they didn't have adequate health care. So I built up a habit of just not, you know, figuring it out myself. And that's not cool. So Wednesday, I'm going. To get, I've already got blood work. I've already been doing my thing. I'm, you know, definitely eating better. I'm doing my thing, but to really be locked in, Wednesday, I'm going to get the whole play, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to lock in on my health, and I'm gonna go evangelize. You know what I'm saying? Right along with you, brother. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for, for people, you know what I'm saying? Not, you know, not only your physical health, like we talked about earlier, but energy is, you know, is, is a mindset. You know, um, you know, energy and mindset to win on any circumstance, but it's also mind, body, soul. Mind, body, soul. You have to have the entire, you know, the entire thing inside you for you to really be, you know, for you to absorb all of the ills of society and everything that's coming at you. You know what I'm the saying? The best advice you could give it to your son. My son? The best. Oh. One advice you could give it to yeah, your don't, son. Don't never tell, let nobody tell you what you can't do. You know what I'm saying? You can do anything you put your mind to. And I know you say, you know, you know, you know, you know, that that may not be true or whatever it is, but you know, you can make bad decisions in your life and you can overcome it. Don't be afraid to take risk. You know what I'm saying? And 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 and, and, and always be and always be you. Because you're gonna always you're you're gonna feel better if you win as being you or you lose and being somebody else. It doesn't matter how bad your situation is. There's always the light on the end of the tunnel. That's right. And if there's not no light, you know, build a tunnel. Awesome. Corey. Okay. What's up, baby? You, we got busy? That was, you turned up? You that got a was couple unbelievable. of... Yo, you made me tear jerk. I don't Listen, like, I don't I've done like three that. podcasts and all three people were crying. So, so you're not the only one. Yo, I love you, brother. Thank you for listening. Leave your comments and subscribe for more insights on mastering your inner game. 